Let's get going. A good nerve Shabbos. Today's daf is daf nun, page 50 in the Heligim Masechas Bavakama. And we pick up, we're going to go to the Mishnah on Memtes on Mabez. Uh, we'll call it 12, 13 lines from the bottom of 49b. Here we go. Shift over into a brand new category describing the damage of bar. Okay? So here we go. How, uh, the damage of pit. If I dig a pit and it causes damage, what, do I, what, what happens then? And uh, to what extent am I responsible? When does my responsibility end? Okay? I dig the pit. Does that mean eternally? I am responsible? What if I cover it and walk away? But then somebody else uncovers it. Like, am I connected? What, what's going on? So here we go. If somebody digs a pit, which obviously can cause damage by somebody not realizing or uh, uh, an animal not realizing I'm walking in. In a private domain, but it opens up into a Rosh So Rashi and the Mepharshim explain we're dealing with somebody who dug a pit at an angle. So the land itself is in a private domain, but the opening and the ability to trip and fall into the pit is from a public domain. So this is really a hazard. Or if he digs it in a public domain and it opens up into a private domain. Now let's think for a moment, what's the difference? So if you dig in a private domain and it opens up to a public domain, you could say, I dug in my personal property Maybe there's less of a responsibility. If somebody digs in a public domain and it opens up the private domain, we might say, who cares if it opens up to a private domain? You had no right to dig in that public domain in the first place on that angle, okay? Or, or you dug in one private domain and the opening is to your neighbor's private domain. The halacha is, in all these cases, Chayov, you are responsible for the damage of bar. Tan Rabban the rabbis learn so should a person digs a pit in a private domain of Abim and opens up to a public domain of Mamish, which seems to be like our Mishnah. You are responsible for Zeho Bar Amar and you should know this is the standard bar when the Torah talks about the damage of pit. It's dealing with a case of digging in your private domain and angling it to a public domain. This is Mamish, the case of the Torah. Okay, now who cares? Well, what else do you find in the Gemara? Where we brought a halacha and we said, oh, and this is what the verse in the Torah means. Strange expression, okay? So keep that in one pocket, that question. Divrei Rabbi Shmuel, this is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, Hifkir Rishusai Velai Hifkir Bairai Zeu No, the case of a damaging pit is when I dig a pit in my, in my domain um, and then I make it hefker. Okay, I make it have. I make the area around it hefker, but not the pit itself. That is the pit of the Torah. So, which means like this: I have a private. Uh, I have a, a private uh, uh, land. I dig a nice deep pit in the land. So Everything's meridic, and there's no issues. Nobody's at risk. And what happens? I make the land around the pit hefker. But the pit itself, I'm holding on to. Now the question is, are you forced to hold on to it? Did he want to hold on to it? We'll see. But be it as it may, what is the pit that the Torah is referring to? According to Rabbi Shmuel, it's when I dig a pit in my private property that opens up into the public property. And according to Rabbi Kiva, it's just that I made it a public property. It's not opening, I just I made it hefker. Okay. Amar Rabbah, Rabbah explains the following. 
Bechor b'shus ha'rabim. If you have a bebar b'shus ha'rabim, you have a pit in a public domain. Everybody will agree, whoever dug that pit is chayv. You walk into the center of a highway, and you dig a nice deep pit, everyone agrees, you are mechayv. My time up, vay. Amar Krah, it says in the Pazah, when you open a pit, or when you dig a pit. Which means, you create a pit, you take on responsibility. Now here's the question. It says, if you uncover a pit, if you dig a pit, it says, well, I don't understand. If you're, if you're obligated for uncovering a pit, isn't it simple that you're responsible for digging a pit? You understand the logic? If somebody else dug a pit that was covered and I uncovered, it's called I'm responsible. How much more so if I actually dug the pit, should I be responsible? Why does the terror need to tell me both? Just tell me I'm responsible when I uncover a pit. And I'll know that when you dig the pit, of course you're responsible. <clears throat> Ella, rather, what's it teaching me? Shall escape It's not just teaching me Allah about uncovering or digging. It's letting me know that it has the responsibility of a pit has zero to do with owning it. Which means... It's not about the land that, or the location of the pit that obligates you. It doesn't matter. What matters is you created a scenario of damage. And everybody would agree with that. Where's the machlaikas between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva as to what the teche is referring to? Ella, only by Tapa Terezdaf, Bibar Bershusay. When somebody digs a pit in his own domain, so... Rabbi Akiva Savar Akiva says, listen, if you dig a pit in your public domain and in your private domain, and then you make that domain public, if you allow it to become public, so you're going to be responsible. You're the owner of the pit. The Torah obligates you a, a, a pit that, that had an owner, has an owner. Rabbi Shmuel Savar Rabbi Shmuel says it has nothing to do with ownership. Owner of the pit. Doesn't mean that whoever owned the land. Doesn't mean do it land ownership. You know what it has to do with whoever made the problem. So some if which means if somebody else's pit and somebody else's cover, and I come along and on and uncover it, the tire is referring to uh, any sort of pit, and this would hold true even by a pit that was dug in Hefker. Okay. Um, bottom line is the nafkuinu between Rabbi Shmuel halachically and Rabbi Akiva. Is that Rabbi Kiva holds your mechuyiv no matter where the pit is located, but Rabbi Shmuel is going to say you're only responsible when it was dug in a rishus harab. Ella, um, Ella says the Gemara. Ella mai zehobar amotayr dekar mekiva. What does Rabbi Kiva mean when he says this is the pit that the Torah is referring to? Because according to Rabbi Kiva, it doesn't need to be a rishus hayachid. We just said it could be anywhere. So it doesn't mean zehubar. This is there's no, there's no specific pit to point to. I'll tell you what it means. It means zehubar shapasach byakos tzchilu tashlumim. This is the pit which the Torah now opens up for the laws of Tashlumen, the laws of payment. Rabbi Yisif says as follows. He's going to come with a whole different approach as to what's the case of the pit that the Torah is referring to. Says Rabbi When a pit is dug in a private domain, everybody will agree that you're responsible. Rabbi Kiva for sure holds Yechayev, by the way. We said that. Rabbi Kiva holds your Mechayev across the board, no matter where the pit is dug. Rabbi Shmuel is one who said only the public domain. Says Rabbi Yosef, even Rabbi Shmuel will agree that if you dig in a private domain, you're mechuyev. My time, a why? Balashara Marachmanaka says in the Torah, the owner of the pit, the pit that has an owner, which is even in a private domain. The Torah, the Torah specifically is letting me know that there is a responsibility. Keep where's there machlekes? Bebar b'shosarabim. That is by a bar b'shosarabim, a pit in a public domain. Rabbi Shmuel says, bar b'shosarabim nami chayev. Rabbi Shmuel is going to say, even there you're responsible when there's no owner. Why? 
Because it says both, and it's again back to that point, you didn't need to say when you dig, you're responsible, I already know when you're uncovered. So what's the Adachidish? Rather, what's the teaching me about the digging? Even if I uncovered it, I'm going to be responsible. That's the Adachidish Chiddush according to Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva is going to say, Hanhu Mitzrach Tzrichi, no, the Kiyichre is not teaching me the halacha of responsibility in a, uh, in a different domain. He says, because Kiyichre is needed for a different halacha. Because Rachmana Kiyif Tachif, the Torah would have only written when you uncover a pit, you're responsible. I would say, I'll tell you why. Because if you uncover the pit, what do you need to do to get rid of your responsibility? Cover, Cover it. But what about this? I would say, how do I know that if you dig a pit, you could cover it? Maybe it's tit for tat, which means like this. I would think, says Rabbi Kiva, and the Torah would say, you gotta, if, you, if you uncover the pit, you're responsible. Says Rabbi Kiva, I'll tell you why. You know why you're responsible for uncovering, but not responsible for covering? Because all you did was uncovered it. So tit for tat, whatever you did, just do back. But what if I dig a pit? In a public domain. Maybe covering it is not enough. Maybe i got to fill it up. Because covering obviously is not the same as, as uh, filling. So I would say that uh, covering is not enough. to fill it up. And therefore, says Rabbi Kiva, it's got to talk about the case of digging specifically. Because of Rahman HaKiyach. And if we'd have only spoken about digging a pit, you're responsible. I would say when you dig the pit, you're responsible to uncover you made the pit in the first place. But let's say I never dug the pit. I found the pit and it was covered. All I did was uncovered it. I never did an act of pit creation. All I did was a removal of a cover. I would say I'm not even responsible to cover it. Okay. It's letting me know that, that uh, you're going do it. Bottom line, says Rabbi Kiva, whether you found a pit and uncovered it or whether you dug a pit, you could just cover it. Covering a pit will suffice according to the Torah. Okay? You just make sure, your responsibility is not to fill it up. Your responsibility is to make sure it's not in a damaging situation. And if covering it is going to make it a non-damaging, uh, a non-damaging pit, you've covered your basis. Says the Gemara of Elamayza, Hobar, Amr, Batar, Dekamar, Rabbi Shmuel. What does Rabbi Shmuel mean? This is a pit the Torah is referring to. Zehobar, Shepasach, Bayakos, of Tchil, and Izakin. It's referring to uh, a pit that you're tchil in a pit that you're mechoyev to, uh, you're the first one now responsible to keep digging. Maybe that's a challenging question. Even though you're not allowed to do that, it's, it's forbidden to, it's not your land to start digging away at. This person digs a, dit, a, a ditch or any other uh, hole in the ground. In a private domain, a public just ram, it opens up to a public domain. Chayv, you're going to be responsible. If you dig a pit in your in your property, right next to the public property, there are those people. They dig their homes and the the basements of their homes, the foundations of their homes, mamish, right next to the public domain. Since you weren't in the public domain, the halacha is putter. You're not responsible. They say you absolutely are responsible. If you're going to make a building, a creation, a hole, something that could cause damage, you cannot, uh, you cannot come right up against it. I think in, in our terms, 
Is it called an egress? Easement. An easement. An easement. Thank you. Right? There's an, there, there's easement. Now it's it's sourced off of off of uh, this Mishnah, off of these Gemaras. You can't just come right up. It's it's too close for comfort, unless you build a wall. So if you build a, a wall, ten tefachim high. Or you leave at least four tvachim of easement. Taima, the reason why when you dig a hole, the um, uh, dig a hole, your putter, if you're further away, if you're, if you're uh, closer, dilution, uh, because you're digging basements, you're digging laution, you're digging foundations of your home. However, it seems to imply that if not for that specific reason, Chayav, everybody would agree that let's say you're just digging holes next to the public domain for no specific reason. You're not there to dig, to, to build a home. Now, if you're building, digging a foundation of a home, it's a short-term thing because you're going to fill it up with a foundation. But it seems to imply that let's say it wouldn't just be, it wouldn't be for a foundation, it would be Mechayav. How money? Whose opinion is this? Bishlam al this would all be fine and dandy according to the, uh, according to the opinion of Rabba again, Rabba says that the Machlaikas, Tina Bekiv and Rabbi Shmuel, is what if you dig a pit in your own domain that then becomes Hefker? So we'll say Rasha Rabbi Shmuel, the Sefer Rabbi Kiva. The beginning is going to be Rabbi Shmuel, and the Sefer is going to be Rabbi Kiva, El Rabbi Yosef. But according to uh, but according to Rabbi Yosef, Bishlama Sefer, it makes sense the end of the statement could be Ladivrei Hakol. It makes sense that it could be the, the, the part where you're digging for something else would be following everybody. The Rasha Shalai Hifker. And the and the Reisha is going to be dealing with the case. You know why you're mechoyev because you never made anything hefker, not your rishos and not your bar. And Mamela Rabbi Yosef has a way to explain the uh, to explain the brisa as well. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says, Yosef Now that we established that Rabbi Yosef could be following the divrei akol, could be following the opinion of. Of uh, both Rebbe Kiva and Rebbe Yishmol, the Rabbanami, even according to Rabbi, you should know uh, um, you, you don't have to establish it that it's following along with the uh, following along with the same machlekes tanoim. Now, what does he mean by that? What he means is as follows: According to Rabbi, you don't have to say it's machlekes tanoim because midereisha Rabbi Shmuel. Since the first part is following shitas Rabbi Shmuel, sefenami Rabbi Shmuel. You don't have to interpret one to be Rabbi Shmuel, the ratio Rabbi Shmuel sefer Rabbi Kiva. Fakert, the whole thing could be following Rabbi Shmuel. But taima delution. The reason why we said your putter when it's for foundations is because it's it's uh, there's a rhyme and a reason why you're making this hole. Halav leushin. But let's say you wouldn't be digging foundations. Chayav. You would be responsible. Why? Because what you're doing is you're ex- you, you, when you make a hole, you're going to end up expanding that into the rishus harabim. And since we're going to call your since you're since you're doing that, we're going to actually call the hole that you're making right here an element of rishus harabim. And Mamela, unless you're actually putting a foundation in, you are going to be chayiv. Meisvei, they ask another challenging question. Somebody digs a pit in a private domain, opens to a public domain, it's angled over. Chayav, you're responsible. But if you dig in a private domain, makes sense according to Rabbah. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because again, Rabbi Shmuel holds you're not responsible when you dig in a private domain. So cooler Rabbi Shmuel, this whole price will be Rabbi Shmuel. That's why you're not responsible when you dig in a private domain. But according to Rabbi Yosef, who holds that even according to Rabbi Shmuel, you're mechoyev. 
um, when it's dog, uh, when it's dog, um, everywhere. Again, according to Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shmuel holds your mechuyiv no matter where it's dug. And Rabbi Kiva holds your mechuyiv when it's dug in a private domain. Bishlama Resha, it's going to make sense according to the Resha of the Mishnah. Rabbi Shmuel will say that's the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, and that's why you're mechuyiv, because no difference where you're dug. Ella uh, Seifa money, but who's going to be the Seifa of the Mishnah? Because in the, in the Brisa, because the end of the Brisa says that if a person digs it in a, in a private domain, you are potter. The problem here is both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel hold chayov. Uh, it can't be either opinion. Amar Lach, Rabbi Yosef will say to you, going back to the case we said before, you're digging it to be a foundation, and it's just uh, coming right up against the Rishus Rabim, the Debriakal, and both Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel are going to be in agreement that in such a case you are Potter. The rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Chafar upasach umasar l'rabim pater. Chafar upasach v'laymasar l'rabim chayev. Okay, somebody makes a pit and leaves it open as a favor to the public. Now the question is, how are you doing the public a favor? So what he wanted was like this. Let's say he was helping them with their uh, uh, reservoirs. Okay? It was going to hold water. So I want to do a favor for the public. So I start, so I make pits that hold, uh, I make a pit that holds water. So a person did it for the, for the well-being of the public. The problem here is there's a risk by trying to be helpful. Sometimes when you try to be helpful, it can cause damage to somebody. So you dug pits so there could be water, a place to hold the water, but now people could fall in or objects could fall in and do damage. So what does the Brysa hold about that? So here we go. A person dug, opened, and gave it over to the public as a favor. Putter. If somebody gets damaged in there, you're putter. If you dug it and opened it, if you didn't do it for the purpose of the public, you didn't give it over to the public, so then you're, you're responsible. Because what are you doing? Digging uh, pits for yourself in a public domain. And this was the minog of, of the tzaddik who was known as Nechunya, the, the pit digger. heard about this? Yeah? fulfilled this halacha. Says the Gemara, what do you mean this halacha? Halacha zu v'sulai, this halacha, no other halacha. Ela'ema af halacha zu. He fulfilled even this halacha, which means he was such a tzaddik in all areas, but he was even a tzaddik when it came, to, in, in this area specifically, when he would um, uh, dig pits, even though there's a chance of causing damages, but it was shown as an act of tzidkas. You do something to be there for the public. Okay, I think there's a, there's a powerful message in this. Um, we're calling him a tzaddik even though there's risk. He is creating a, uh, an element of risk. But the, uh, the bari and the need for the rabbim overrided, uh, overrode that shema, that you know, small possibility. And even though somebody may, may end up uh, getting hurt and falling in, still called the tzaddik. And I think this is very important when it comes to working for a tzibor in general. When people work for a tzibor, sometimes you're doing something for the welfare and the well-being and somebody comes along and says, yeah, but, 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 but. 
you know, what, what about me? And, and what about uh, this element of me being hurt or the possibility of me being hurt? So Avada, there's sensitivity that needs to be played in, uh, played into this. We see this Gemara that it's not so posh that you just don't do it when the Rabbim needs it. If a Rabbim needs something, it's, it, 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 there, there is an element of risk involved for maybe Yechidim. And that's, that's part of being part of a Kehillah. Part of being part of a tzibur. Now, on the the one who's causing the damages, end there's a responsibility for sensitivity to do what you can to not cause any harm. Like Maishar Rabbeinu didn't want to bring the gula to Klal Yisrael with, if he's going to step on Aaron's toes until the Rebbeinu convinced him. So you do find something the the other way. So there's you know you, you ask a shaila and and you see how this plays out. Uh, which which halacha is a priority? It's not a balance. It's just a, a matter of knowing when to prioritize each responsibility. On one hand, being there for the tzibur. On the other hand, uh, being sensitive to people being hurt. Okay. The rabbis don't associate. Here we go. Story with the daughter of Nechonia who would have dedicated his life to making sure the Ilam had water. The Gemara appears in like three different places. Beautiful. In yeah, it's a beautiful Gemara. She fell into a pit full of water. They told Whenever you hear his name, what do you think of? Tefillah. Right? It's always that. The vinegar and the oil. You hear his name, you know there's a, there's a tefillah. There's a davening that's coming up. So they, they asked him what to do. They asked him to daven. Shari Shaina, the first hour he davened, he said, you know, don't worry, there's shalom. shalom. He said, peace. Also, she already came out. So they came to the daughter of Nechunia's Chayfrasechen. Excuse me. And they said to her, uh, How'd you get out of the pit? She said, uh, 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 A male sheep came. And there was an elderly person who was leading this sheep. Okay. Says Rashi, Avram Avinu and the Isle of the Akedah. Incredible. Amrullah, Navi Ata, Amrullah, they said to Rav Khin ibn Daisa, Are you a Navi? Amrullah, am I Navi and Echle ben Ben Navi and Echi? Elokachamarti, Dabashai Zadik, Mitzarboi, Kosho, Boizarai. Something that a Tzadik dedicated his life to. Could his children be brought down by that? Am Ravacha, Ravacha said. Avopi came, Mace Benoi, but some Ishochun had a son who died from thirst. Even though he made sure everybody else had water, he had a son who died from a lack of water. Okay. Now here's the problem. How could that happen? You just told me it's not going to happen. The surroundings were very, Nitztair had a lot of tsar. Uh, Nisara, I'm sorry, Nisara, were uh, were uh, stormy. Uh, stormy. Yeah. See, sometimes when somebody is a tzaddik, the Rabban Shalom demands the surroundings. I feel like the hair breath. Okay. That's a steal. So, huh? He's a, a tzaddik, so sick and something, so his child can't so, should be hurt by it. But yet they're medactic, but the tzaddik, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is kichutasira. It's Either he can be hurt or he can't be hurt. So it's the the answer is it's not it's not called hurt. Okay. Because 
it's better if there's any tsar that has to happen, the Rabbi does the Mataiva by doing it in this world. It so through the exact way the tzaddik behaved. It doesn't it, matter. If he got run over by a car, okay. Okay, maybe. He didn't drown, but here. Right, but that doesn't, it doesn't change because the Misa, either it, way, it, I hear tough. your question. Right, it's tough. Either way, if, if it's going to work out for your advantage, the, the, for example, for example, I could dive in for something. I want something. My parents in Shemayim could be davening to Hashem while I'm davening. Please send him something else. Because they know that since I don't know the whole picture, I don't even know what I'm saying. Right. So there's times what the Gemara is saying is you're, you're not, your demise is not going to come about through your mitzvah. But there's times where a hurt could come about through the same style, but it's actually to your benefit. It looks like your demise, but it's not your demise. Okay. So his son died was, in a way, for whatever the bigger picture was, a gamzu l'tayva situation, and that could happen through the same way. Okay? okay? Now, um, the question does remain, however, how Hanina ben Daisa knew that the daughter would come out then. Okay. There's there's greatness and awesomeness and fear around everything that surrounds Hashem. Anybody who says Baruch is a mavater. Very powerful Gemara. People say, Oh, loving God, and therefore I could do what I want, because Hashem loves me anyway. Because Hashem loves you, you can't do what you want. If you say that Hashem doesn't care what we do, you're being mevater on your life. Hashem is not mevater. Our actions do matter. He believes in us. He trusts us to do the right thing. Hashem is perfect. All the ways of Hashem are absolute justice. What's the pshat in the pasuk which says Tav Amar Beis Erech Apayim? Hakadosh Baruch Hu is slow to anger, like Siv Erech Af. Apayim is plural. Erech Af is individual. Why don't we mention Hashem's meat individually? Erech Apayim letzadikim ulirishoim to let us know Hakadosh Baruch Hu is work slowly, deliberately. Okay, because Baruch Hu is slow in how he gives out his reward. Deliberate in how he gives out his reward and deliberate in how he brings punishment to the wicked as well. Because this world is not is not where we live. Okay? And again, we know this, we, we say it all the time, but we really need to contemplate this and understand this. People think that our lives are as long as the amount of years that we have on planet Earth. That is a true statement. However, we don't come from planet Earth. We're not from here. We're visiting. We're not going to end up here because we're just visitors. We didn't start here. We're not going to end up here. We're here for X amount of years to get a job done and to work on something. But we, we view life from a lens of this world. And therefore, we're like, oh, this world. Because that's all I see when I'm locked inside of a guf, of, of a gashmi, right? a, a physical body. All I see... We've, we're, we're, when a, where a person goes to after they pass away you, We've been to before We came from there We're going back hopefully More developed 
and uh, and better. But Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not quick to bring things out in this world, because this world is a hechetimza. It's not a hechetimza. It's, it's, it's not the right word. The, this world is just a small part of our eternity. So it's it's not about that. Sakas Baruch who's patient in how he gives it to Tzaddikim, he says, you know, I'm not going to give you all your reward in this world because you don't want it here. Why do you want short-term payment? Why do you want payment that's that's not going to last? I'll, I'll give it to you in the Eilam Emes. I'll give it to you with eternity. And unfortunately, the same thing holds true by Risham. You see Risham having a finer time, parting away, and the Rishon says, all right, the Risham, this is their choice, this is their decision. I'm not going to give them their, their punishment in this world, that, that's, that's taking it too easy on them. It's too easy. Yeah, they're going to get punishment. In, 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 but we're, our neshamas are much bigger. Our neshamas are much bigger than, than this world. And therefore, the, the reality and the connection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is not limited to this world either. The rabbis learn, that's why the rabbis a person is not allowed to Throw stones or remove stones from his domain into the public domain. He, you know, let's say he was dismantling his wall, he was taking the stones and putting it into a and a chassid found him. You empty headed fool. What a powerful statement. Why are you taking stones and moving them from a property that's not yours to a property that is yours? What was this guy doing? Taking stones from his property and putting it to a public property. What did Tzaddik say? You're actually hurting yourself. You're moving it from a property that's not yours, you think is yours, but it's not yours, to a property that is yours. Lig love. So this guy laughed at the Tzaddik. Liyamim, a little while later, this guy had to sell his field. He ended up walking the public domain because that belonged to everybody and he tripped on the stones. Omar, he said, Why throwing something from a, from a, a, a domain that's not yours into a domain that is yours? And the greatest parable is... Huh? The Musr's farm have to take this. Yeah, for sure. This is incredible Musr. Incredible Musr. When it comes to uh, when it comes to our lives, yeah, we're, we're, we think by removing something from our lives, we're throwing it into uh, and, and moving it away. It, it works. It works in both ways, by the way, right? It works even to our benefit. To our benefit, when you put something out there, you put something out there. It's not. It's not about now. It's not about what I have now. It's about later. It's about what's on the other side of the fence. It's what's there. Yeah, the the parable that they give of the. Uh, the fox that climbed into the vineyard to steal all the grapes. Ate too much grapes and was too fat to get out. Right? So now he had to starve himself in order to be able to squeeze out of the fence. Right? He, he couldn't climb back out. So what finally did he figure out? That you take your grapes and you throw it over the wall. And then you squeeze out and then you have it forever. Right? That's what we do in this world. That's mamish what we're doing with this world. We're taking it. We're, we're, we're a person's here to enjoy this world. We, Baruch Hashem... It's a lot of a lot of gishmak. Uh, Rabbi Daniel Mechanic. I was listening to one of his. Uh, he, he came to town a number of years ago. But I was listening to one of his speeches, and he just he came up with an interesting point. He was talking to somebody who was an atheist, and not not a non-thinking atheist, like an atheist because they thought too much, like a, you know, very like a little bit off the rails uh, type of person. 
and he said to the guy, the, the guy was made that, that, there's a, that there's a good chance there's a God. He admitted that he doesn't know for sure there's no God. There's a good chance there's a God, but he just doesn't know. He said, if I don't know for a fact, why should I do it? To give up my whole life for something that might not be true. So the Neil mechanic said to him, he said, listen, we're, we're talking, right? We're here. Do I seem to be fine? Am I, am I a regular guy? Yeah. You're a regular guy? Yeah. He says, we're both fine. You're going through life as an atheist. I'm going through life as an observant Jew. What's the difference between me and you? In this world, I'll tell you the difference. I'm happy, but I may not be able to eat a cheeseburger. I may not be able to have uh, sexual relations like you do or other pleasures that so many people in the world run after. But all in all, I'm, I'm just as happy as you are. That's it. I just don't give in to my lust the way you do. But would you say you're a happier person than me? The guy said no. He's like, I'm fine, right? You're fine? You're fine, I'm fine. He said, what's the difference between me and you then? The difference is the moment we die. The moment we die, one of two things is going to happen. Either nothing, because that's the end. If you're right, it's nothing. Or, whoops, for eternity. Let's say you die and there is a God. Yikes. What? He says, we're both fine. We're both living life fine. You're saying I can't prove to you 100% that there's a God. But you admit that there's a good chance. Even as far as chances are, like, what are you giving up by keeping Torah mitzvahs? You're not going to be a sadder person as you go through this world. And the risk is crazy. Now, I wouldn't start a conversation with somebody like this. But they got to a point in their conversation where they fully understood each other. And he said, okay, here's the bottom line now. Here, and here's where it is. It, it's, it just don't tell me it's not smart business to live like a Torah Jew. It's smart business. He says, I know 100%. You don't, your mind is not letting you see 100%, but just recognize the risk you're taking. You know, being on that. It's, your, it's, it's, it's a risk of eternity. And the other side is you're not really losing out. <laughs> you're not losing anything in your way anyway. Okay. Zok the Mishnah. Somebody digs a pit in public domain. Actually, donkey falls in. You're responsible to pay. There's no difference what type of pit it is. Why did it say a pit? A pit seems to be a specific style of hole in the ground. A pit has to be deep enough to kill. If you dug a hole in the ground that's less than 10 Tvachim deep, and an ox or donkey falls in and dies, Potter, you don't have to pay for anything more than the damages. You have to pay for damages, you don't have to pay for the death, the entirety of the body of the animal. If the animal gets hurt, you're going to be Chayv. Rav Rav says, The pit that the terrorist makes you responsible for, Listen to this, this is incredible. It's because of the, the airspace. Of the pit and not because of the land of the pit. Okay. Now, this is going to take us into an f- incredible conversation. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's incredible. If, if I dig a pit in a public domain and I want to look at this factually, 
the, the animal falls into the pit. Where is it getting hurt? At the bottom. The floor of the pit. So if you look at this just land-wise, why don't we say that the one who dug the pit is not responsible? Because it's not my land. The bottom of the pit is not mine. And that's not a pit. That bottom layer is not a pit. The pit is the space to get down there. If you look at it with Lumpus, right? So says Rav, the main responsibility when you dig a pit is this, the, the creation of a pit. You made a pit. Chavata, Alma, you see from here, Kasavar, he holds Chavata Karka Ilamu. That when, uh, when it comes to Chavata, Karka Ilamu She Demaskahu. As far as the place where it landed and got hurt from, that is called Karka Ilamu. That's just plain land, and that's not your main responsibility. That's a Hefker land. That's, that's a Rishus HaRabim. That's Rav's opinion. Ushmul Amr Bashmul says, no. Really, what happens is, Lahavalai. Really, you're responsible for the Havel, and the He says, if you're responsible for the airspace that you dug, of course you're responsible for the layer on the bottom of the pit because, um, uh, because you made it that that area at the bottom of the pit has space going down to it and, and uh, could cause damage before the space was there. He says, I'm never going to say, that it says you're only responsible for the place where it landed and not, this, not the air. No, because the Torah tells us you're responsible for uh, a pit, even if it's full of uh, cotton balls. Okay? Now, what does that mean if it's full of cotton balls? You see from over here that if, let's say, somebody falls into a pit and there's cotton balls on bottom and it gets hurt just from being in the pit, you're responsible for that. What happens if an if a ox or donkey falls in and there's mattresses down there? They didn't get hurt. How did they end up getting hurt? From the fact that they stayed there in the bad air. Of course the Torah will make you responsible. So you see that the Torah says the responsibility has to do with the, the depth uh, the, and the space inside the pit. What's the nafkamina? Let's say you made a, a, a mound in a Rosh Rabim and the ox or the, the cow went up and fell off of that. So there's no foul air. There's no bad air over there. But you did cause him to have a, an impact on bottom. So according to Rav Lai Mechaev, you're not going to be responsible because the main responsibility is the air. The Shmuel says no. Just the fact that you made a, a gaiva and you made a place to fall from is the responsibility. My time with the Rav. Why does Rav say the main thing is the air? The Markrav enough says it falls It has to be a normal way of uh, a normal way of falling. Okay, normal way of falling. Rashi here explains that usually people fall and animals fall head first. And the first thing to be impacted when you're falling head first is the, is it called dank? Is there, uh, air? Oh, this type of air. Could be. Something like that? Um, yeah, you have heard that expression? I haven't heard that word in a long time, but I may, may have come, read it somewhere. Ushmua, alushmua, according to Shmuel. Yeah, so that it, it creates like a dank air. Falling means any sort of falling. It doesn't have to be in a pit. It doesn't have to be uh, anything specific. It just means any sort of falling. Time we learned in the Mishnah. Why does it say pit in the Torah? I'll teach you ma'abar just like a pit. 
Sheesh break the Lahom is a sort of talk, has to be ten talkum deep to be responsible. I've called Sheesh break the Lahom is a sort of talkum. So to anything that's ten talkum deep, you're responsible. Vishwal Ishmul, I've called Lashi Gaiva. What does it mean? Any situation at ten talkum says Shmuel, even elevated ten talkum. You're going to go for El Rav, but according to Rav, who says only with the airspace, that's the main problem. I've called Lashi Amai. What's it coming to include? Says Gabara, it's coming to include Lashi Haritsin and Neitsin. Different types of pits which are not rounded. Okay, there's jagged or something of that sort. Um, says, but that we learned uh, specifically in the Mishnah. So why do you got to mention again from Afkol? He mentioned what they were, and then he comes back and explains how he knows the pasuk that he knows it from is um, is a bar. Vahani kulu diktoni lomli. Why do I need all these different types of pits? Says like, what's the difference with the shapes? A, a different shape pit. So why would I thought? Who cares? Why would I think it's any different? Says the Gemara. Tzricha. The Tana Bar. If I would have just said a Bar, I would have said Bar Asara who is by Havla. If it's ten Tvachim deep, then it has bad air. Misham Misham Diktenu Kricha because it's it's uh, rounded. Avosiach the Arich. But let's say I have a ditch. Ready? Now the ditch is apparently has a different shape of space. Okay, so I would say, havla. I would say, even if it's ten tefachim deep, the hevel inside the ditch is not a problem. The, 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 it doesn't become the, the dankness is is not as severe, and therefore it's not a problem. Vitan a siach, and if it would have given a case of a siach type of pit, havamina siach asaruhu havla, that is a problem. Mishum diktin because it's narrower. arva, something which is square and not narrow. I'll say ten tefachim deep is not a, doesn't have bad air. Given the case of the Avala, Havamina, Mara Basarahu de Ispe Avala, Mishum de Metalla, because apparently it's covered. Avacharitin de Metalle, but if it's squared without a cover, Emasar Leste Avala, there's no bad air, because right, if it's covered, it keeps the bad air in. Vitana Haritin, if what of all you have a case of Haritin, Havamina, Haritin, Asarahu de Ispe Avala, Mishum de Lesbu, Ravicha, Mile El, Tremitatai. They're not wider on top than they are on bottom, they're squared. Avon eats him. But apparently in the Itza pit, the Ravach Mila'el, it's wider on top. Same Itatai, narrower on bottom, so there's less bad air. Ema Basar, less Bu'avola. I would say there's no bad air. Kamashvalon. Therefore, we have to list all these cases and tell us in any case, no matter what it is, if it's ten Tzvachim deep, it's considered bad Hevel. And if it causes uh, death, whoever dug the pit is, whoever dug the pit is responsible. Um, we'll hold it here. Okay. We'll hold it here, Bezham. Pick up from... The uh, pick up from the two dots on Matzi Shabbos. Let's still aim for six thirty. Shabbos a drop over a little later, but we're still going to aim for six thirty. Bez Hashem, have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.